it went straight down the middle. And welcome back to Golf Talk Seattle, your local golf show. I remain your ever-humble caddy, Josh Kearns. And once again, we're joined by my teacher, director of instruction at the golf club at Newcastle, Keith Bennett, keithbennettgolf.com. Uh, highly recommend you check Keith out either in person or online. And Keith, one of the things you and I worked on a lot this spring that has been tremendously helpful is thinking our way around the golf course. It's nothing to do with changing anything we're doing with the golf swing, but just looking at the course and looking at our own skills. And I want to sort of preface this for people because what we did, it was a really terrible rainy day. We went inside on the simulator and we hit a bunch of shots and you were, were able to identify, okay, here's your dispersion pattern for this, for a wedge, for a driver, et cetera, because we don't hit the ball in the same place all the time. And then you overlaid that in Google Maps over Glen Acres, the club I belong to down in South Seattle. Uh, and, and what we were able to see was, wait a minute, why are you always on the trap on the right? Because that's where you're always, your dispersion pattern, of course, 50% of your shots are going to go in that trap, et cetera. So I want to talk about that part of it first. It, the thinking your way around the golf course, realistically assessing your own skills, and the whole notion of don't be firing. I've stopped firing at pins, basically, is the moral of this story in a lot of cases. Yeah, you know, well, thanks again for having me back. I'm uh, happy to be here again and uh, appreciate the opportunity. Um, golf is a game, just like any board game. And with any board game, there's a strategy to how you move your pieces along along the board and there's a more effective way to do that there's a quicker way to do that that doesn't cost you anything um and there's a really specific set of strategies in golf that will help you avoid things that are going to hurt you from advancing your golf ball to the hole um and what we hear all the time on television which so confuses the average golfer is that oh man, these golfers fired every flag and they're the most aggressive golfers on the planet and look how he hit that one at the flag close to the water. And what they don't tell you is that golfer was aiming 20 to 40 feet left of that flag and he pushed it over there or the wind took it over there. The PGA Tour professionals are some of the smartest golfers on earth. They are the smartest golfers on earth. That's how they got to where they are. And, uh, we can glean a little bit of what they do and, and pull some of that into our game. And I've seen it work wonders for people just opening their eyes like, hey, where are you aiming on this hole? And, oh, I'm just aiming up the middle. Okay, well, why are you hitting driver? Oh, because I always hit driver. Well, you realize that the length that you hit that driver and your dispersion, you know, the farthest left that you're going to hit it and the farthest right, generally on the PGA Tour, that number equals 70 yards, so 35 on each side. And... For the average golfer, it's going to be that, if not a little bit more. So that section where you're hitting driver brings these two bunkers into play. And have you ever looked at those bunkers? Those are extremely penal. And that once you get into them, you're going to have to either chip out or hit a really lofted club. You're not going to be able to advance your ball very far once you're in those bunkers. And the reality of the situation is you're going to be in those bunkers 60% of the time if you continue to hit driver in this situation. And when they really look at that, they go, wow, I never even thought of that. I'm just always in these bunkers. And it's just because we don't see and hear a lot of golf strategy being talked about. Um, and a lot of that is just because we're not getting that information. But once that information is presented to somebody, they start to look at a golf hole a little bit differently. And, and you know, we just hit three wood in that situation. We eliminate those bunkers from ever being in play. 
And once we do that, now I can hit a longer club towards the green. And once I get up towards the green, my chances of holing out is going to be increased. The further I get up to the green, the you know, better chance I have to hole out my next shot or the one after that. And so it just becomes actually a, a game of just advancing your ball you know, along the hole based on the hazards that the course architect has put out there. Well, and I want to talk specifically around Glen Acres uh, is a good example. And you and I did some playing lessons out there. Uh, so, for example, we have a, a longish par three, um, number se- number eight. And, you know, there's a big trap to the right, which over the last few years, I mean, in, I'm in the thing repeatedly. And I'm like, well, why am I always there? Well, because I tend to aim, I think I hit a draw. I mean, I do hit a draw as my sort of tendency, but I didn't think at all about this notion of dispersion. What is that actual full range, the shotgun pattern, versus the 1 in 20 where I might actually put the ball where I want it to go? So what I've done now is rather than aiming sort of right center of the green or at the pin behind the trap, thinking I'm going to hit that incredible shot, I've started now aiming about 15 yards left. There have been a couple times recently when the pin was back right, when I hit a shot that, yeah, it, I blocked it. But you know what? I put it to like three feet and made birdie. The worst case scenario would have been 15 feet, maybe make a birdie, or but worst case, two putt par. And I've taken that bunker, I would say, instead of being in that trap, you know, every other time, I rarely, if ever, am I in that trap anymore. And it's amazing how simply aiming more away from the trouble with the dispersion in mind has changed my approach, uh, my, my thoughts on those approach shots. Yeah. You know, just for the most people, uh, the flag stick can be super distracting and it can pull us in. And, and, you know, a lot of us are using range finders and we just get the number to the flag. We pull a club, we look at the flag and we hit our shot without really thinking about what's going on around that whole location. And for the most part, amateur golfers and, and, and recreational players have a pretty wide dispersion. You know, if you imagine, firing a shotgun you can sort of envision that spread of pellets you know opening up widening widening up and that's the exact same look in an image that you should have when you're playing a golf shot is we have to plan for every possible scenario that can happen not just the perfect one if we're always planning on hitting it dead straight you're going to be disappointed a lot and you're going to be ending up in some spots where you didn't need to be for starters and are going to cost you strokes that you didn't need to put on your scorecard so just by being a little bit more external with your with your mind and looking out and just seeing okay there's that flag on the right there's that bunker on the right if i end up in there that's a short-sighted bunker shot normally if we're in a bunker we're not going to get the greatest of lies it's not like they're being raked by tour caddies all the time we're going to get some some lies that are less than optimal so we're not going to be able to play a nice little spinny bunker shot anyway so like you just said let's aim a 15 20 feet left understanding that half the time I'm going to push one over to that flag and have a nice little look at birdie. And the other half of the time I have a 30 foot putt. Maybe I have a, a long, you know, a fat sided chip where I just have to hit that little easy bump nine iron that, that we can do all the time. And so we just make it less stressful and we end up doing things that we don't have to do. And our score gets lower because of it. Short siding ourselves. I, I still do it too much, but I'm doing it a lot less. But the, the same thing, if, you know, okay, pin is on the left, uh, and there's a ton of green to the right, and I, again, same thing, aiming at that pin, well, if I miss that pin left with my dispersion pattern, now I'm down the hill, 
behind the tree, whatever. Suddenly I brought six, maybe a seven into play on a par four. Uh, and, and it was funny because you and I were doing a lesson sometime in the last month. And I'm like, well, how do I hit this little flop shot, you know, straight up in the air that's going to land and spin and roll once? And you're like, right. I'm not even going to show you right. because I don't want you over here, period, end of story. Don't go over there. Right. So we really do need to just, I mean, just take the heroic out of it, right? Or, or the stupid. You can define it any way you – but, I mean, because that the odds of making that shot are so low, uh, both the approach – I mean, it's amazing how one bad swing can result – or bad choice can result in three or four strokes. Right, and you know, that's understanding that, of course, we're going to hit it into those bad spots some of the time. It's, you know, it's human error. It's going to happen even if we have good strategy. But as long as we're thinking about it and we're present with our decision-making, you're going to do it a lot less. And – you know, that was the situation that you talked about on number one at, at Glen Acres, and it was down on the left. And right there by the left is a cart path, and about two feet left of that is out of bounds, yeah. right? And so anytime that we pull it left on into that little area, the slope, the, oh, the green slopes away towards that OB, you're going to get a nice little healthy kick onto the cart path and out of bounds. And from there, that's a stroke and distance penalty. You have to take your stroke, drop one from where you just played it, and hit again. I mean... There is so much room to the right there that regardless of where that hole location is, you just have to stop looking at the hole location on a, you know, on certain occasions. Regardless of where that hole location is, aiming at the extreme right of that green is the correct play for every golfer because there's so much room to the right and the green slopes from right to left. So you might even get something that kind of rebounds and heads into the middle of the green, but you're taking that OB completely out of play. And that's the same goes for a lot of situations out on the golf course where stop looking at that flag be mindful of what's going on around the green where are the slopes where are the bunkers and i understand a lot of people say well you know i'm not good enough to plan for my shots that specifically well the funny thing is that if you don't plan for those shots specifically you're just going to hit worse shots regardless of your skill level and so no matter who you are, you need to be understanding of what's happening around the green complexes, what's happening off the tee box, and aim yourself accordingly so you give yourself the best chance to get the golf ball in play without taking on any unnecessary risks. Talking to Keith Bennett, KeithBennettGolf.com. Find him, Keith Bennett Golf, on Instagram. Also at the Golf Club at Newcastle, where he's director of instruction and my teacher. And uh, I, he, I've, I've worked with a ton of people, uh, great teachers in town, and I'm just going to tell you that Keith is is if the best, if not the best, he's a tremendous communicator. And one of the reasons why I, I dragged you into this, Keith. So I, I want to I, I flip that a little bit. An interesting thing that came up as well, there are a couple. I'm going to go back to Glen Acres, my home course, just because it's there. By the way, folks, we have really screaming deals on memberships. I encourage you to check it out, glenacresgolf.com. Um, there's the free plug for them today, which I get nothing for, by the way. Uh, but the other thing, there are a couple of par fours that I just, unless it's firm and the wind is behind me, I, I can't reach. And what I used to do, I'd hit driver. And let's say I am 220 out. Well, I would end up lay, you know, hitting, wanting to hit a 100-yard shot. I was thinking in my mind, if I leave about 100 yards, well, gee, that's a full wedge in. That gives me a good chance of getting up and down. At, you know, At the worst, I'm going to make a bogey. And you, in turn, said... Why are you doing that? And you pulled a little card out of your pocket that had percentages that that showed me that the closer you get to the hole, actually your chances of getting the ball into the hole were much better, and therefore I should be trying to get as close to the hole as possible. Explain that one. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy one for a lot of people to wrap their minds around because we're used to hearing, you know, if you can't reach the par 5 and 2, lay up to your favorite wedge number. You know, we've been taught that for a long time, but when you realize that laying up to 100 yards, Tor Pros only hit 8 out of 10 greens from 100 yards, and that's pretty crazy for a lot of people to hear too. And then, so if you're thinking, well, a PJ Tour Pro hits the green eight times out of 10 from 100 yards, what are, what, how many times am I going to hit that green from 100 yards? And it's probably going to be more like four, maybe even three times. Just, that's just the reality of the situation. And another thing that I like to ask people is if you hit this shot, you know, because a lot of people say, well, I don't like that little half wedge shot. I'm better with a full swing. So I say to them, well, if I went up there and dropped a ball at 30 yards away from the flag, and then I asked you to walk 70 yards back and drop one, where would you want to hit it from? And everybody says, I want to hit the 30-yard shot, right? Because when, when you break it down like that and you think about it, well, why would I walk further away from this hole to hit the shot? Even if I'm not as comfortable with this shot, you're going to get it closer to the hole. And that's what people don't understand or, or, or not quite as, as comfortable with is even from 100 yards, if you hit it to 20 feet and you feel good about that shot, it was a nice high shot, well, if you – over that 30 yard shot and you hit it to 15 feet that's five yards closer but your percentage to hole out each putt from 20 versus 15 feet is enormously different and then you do you apply that strategy to each par five over the course of your life not just over the course of one round but over the course of your golfing career you will have a lower scoring average on the par fives it's just guaranteed it's math at that point and so what we identified on the ninth hole slash 18th at Glen acres is that even though it didn't seem like it, pumping three wood up left below that hole left you that 30, 40 yard shot. And looking at the numbers, you were actually leaving almost half a shot on the board just by laying up to 100 yards versus hitting that three wood into that little clearing out there. And so when you think about that, every time you play, you're leaving half a stroke on that hole just by not having optimal strategy. And that ad, that, that, it's funny because at a, well, two half strokes, because there was two holes that, that I was doing, that one and nine. Exactly. Uh, and you had, I mean, and, and maybe you start to make an occasional bird, uh, and, and suddenly, I mean, that adds up really quick. It really does. Um, and like I said, you know, and I was under the same impression for a long time growing up as a golfer was that, you know, I liked hitting that full wedge shot. And, you know, people say they're uncomfortable with those half wedge shots. Well, the real, you know, the real reason you're uncomfortable is because you don't practice them enough. But when you realize that being closer to the green only enhances your ability to hole out your next shot and then the one after that because you're going to get it closer to the hole, it puts emphasis on practicing those short wedge shots that we talked about last episode where if I make that my priority, getting better at that, those distances that I'm uncomfortable with, plus I make a prior, put a priority on having better strategy on each hole, then your scores will just go down systematically because you have better strategy and you're practicing those shots that you were once uncomfortable with. So you're becoming a better golfer, well-rounded skills anyway. So you put those two things into play and you have lower scores without actually having to make any drastic swing changes. Boom. That is the point folks. And I will tell you, I am proof positive of that. Uh, in fact, we just went out and shot a, a net 65 two-man best ball the other day. I, I won with my partner, Craig Ewart. I just got to put in that plug because I don't win very often. So it was, it, was, it was quite gratifying. Thanks to your help, Keith. 
If you want to have the same results, KeithBennettGolf.com. See him at the golf club at Newcastle. You can find him on Instagram, KeithBennettGolf, and also via the Skillist app, which you can download through iTunes. Although I'm bummed that they still don't have it on Android. I don't know why your guy hasn't developed that yet. Hopefully that's coming soon. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Keith, thank you so much, and we'll do it again next week. All right. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, go out there and uh, apply some good strategy to your – your golf this week you're listening to golf talk seattle with josh kearns on seattle sports radio 950 kjr